Hey now, and welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a podcast for anyone who loves good wine, good people, telling great stories about a great place, Pastor Robles Wine Country. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. I am really excited about today's show. I could literally do a show with either one of these personalities and it'd be a full show and I would feel anyone listening would have fairly gotten theirs. But to have both these people today, very special. And together, this is going to be fun. My guest today, Valia Frome of Desperado Wines and Russell Frome of Herman Story Wines. Both of these individuals are dripping with talent, heart, community, and just good vibes, which individually make for some great wine. Herman Story Wines is just outside of downtown Paso on Paso Robles Street next to Dan's Tire. That's literally the best way to describe it. Valia tastes her wines out of Tin City on the south side of town. Both of them and their wines are super illustrative of why Paso is so good at offering you so much in the sense of individuality and a special story worth learning, but also, and even in their, you know, very apparent uniqueness, and I mean, there's marching to your own drummer, and then there's just laying down a funky fresh beat all your own. These two are really textbook of what makes Paso wine country and the people of Paso wine country so special. I meet up with Russell and Valia at Herman Story Wines. Russell presents me with a bottle of Firestone Walker Luponic Distortion, pours it into a wine glass and rests the bottle, presents it to me, and like rests it on his wrist like he's a sommelier or something. Oh man, this is going to be something. So give me that mm-hmm sound, we'll get by, we pass on down till the job is up. Get out in the trees, it will simplify good company. These aren't live. Uh, right? no, <laughs> this is, this no, is editing, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I could have performed yeah, live, no a- question. <laughs> Probably <Sorry>. better. <laughs> uh, good to see your Cheers. face. Even around the corner, we haven't seen you in... That's true. I mean, we, li- we literally live around the corner from each other I now. I see your car sometimes. I'm like, hi, pandemic friend. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. What has this been like? I mean, because you guys just fixed up your house... And now it's COVID, I mean, and you moved. Well, and thank God, like, the timing was pretty brilliant because we moved in right before all of this went down. So, yeah, the timing was pretty great because we got to be in our home during all this as opposed to in a rental, which was nice. What I really wanted to do by the end of this is I'm so excited because I've had the, the pleasure of talking to you both individually mm-hmm. on the air, but never really together. And I don't even know how many interviews, how many interviews do you oh. do together? Uh, very few. Very few. We've done a couple and of Zooms. And not because we don't like this. each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we, we don't. I mean, we've done like two Zooms together maybe during all this. Maybe three. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, this is not a super common occurrence. That's got to be we've messy. Been, we haven't been traveling as much because we do a lot of uh, drag-alongs, we call them, where you go around with the distributor. Of course, drag-alongs. I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sure we haven't been doing any of those. So I know. Those have kind of frozen night. I've been... We kind of, uh, I've been cooking a lot, and Valia does everything else at work and everywhere. She's powerful. I really wanted somebody listening to feel how strong and unique you guys are individually, but also really how strong and complimentary you guys are as partners and as a team. And the, we're going to talk about both brands. Uh, we've got a couple different wines here. Um, who tells the story better on how you met? Valia. Well, like, they're different versions of the same she story. She has the raunchier Every- one. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? I mean, I sex sells. You, the, the listeners want to hear all the I'd dirt. I'd say you're a better storyteller in general. 
and in like yeah joke teller storyteller all that kind of stuff but i always have like the quick and dirty raunchy version sure yeah let's do it so he was making wine for um for barrel 27 his old his own uh his old joint brand at uh the co-op here at us and uh i was making wine for the brand that i used to make wine for that was out of canada at the at the co-op and so we would pass each other and uh, I was looking for some bulk wine to buy for that brand. And someone was like, oh, you should talk to, to Russell Frome. Uh, and I had never met him. And uh, I called him. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you at the winery on a Sunday afternoon. And so I got there on a Sunday afternoon. And I waited. After and- church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Church was McClintock's. He comes in super late in his whatever, like pissed off because he's missing half of his football game. Half lit, I think. But uh, he was a good sport. We tasted some barrels and then uh, he invited me out for a drink. And uh, we went to the old, God, I don't know, what was it? Before it was Pappy McGregor's. Oh, Busey's. What was it? Crooked Kilt? Crooked Kilt. Okay, so I didn't, okay, so not yeah, too yeah, far yeah. back. Not too, too far back. Decade, 11 years. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, and anyway, so we had a drink, and he invited me to this. He goes, oh, you know, we're going to, I'm hunting deer on this weekend. Come over for this I don't hunt. hunt. He doesn't hunt. He's never killed an animal, I don't think, in his life, unless he ran over it with his car. But I go to this barbecue, and, uh, you know, it was fun. It was nice, whatever. But then he, he proceeds to pretend to be too drunk to drive home. So then I, of course, offer him to come to my trailer that I lived at on this vineyard. And, uh, and of course, we have sex, and we sleep there. And then we just kind of did that for, like, six months. We didn't talk much. We didn't kiss on the lips. We didn't really have conversations. And it was just kind of this very, like, it's true, right? Like, it was like, he texts me once a week and be like, hey, want to have sex? That is not true. It is pretty much We would have dinner together, and we would... Yeah, it was very, like... (laughs) We were two wild spirits. But, uh, yeah, we were just doing a lot of other things, and, you know, and, uh, and I think after a few months, I realized that he was pretty smart, actually had a brain, really funny and yeah really intelligent really passionate about what he did and was just a really good person and uh in the beginning it was just kind of you know very superficial so that was that was kind of a game changer kind of i was really married married to my business and now we're married to each other's business and married to all the business (laughs) there is a deliberate and thoughtful decision to keep things somewhat separate is this because of the the foot traffic and tasting is it because you guys don't want to go insane under the same cell or four walls with each other or what were some of the decisions to keep you know desperado over here herman story wines over here I think it happened pretty organically. You know, we did, we, and we still do. We work an incredible amount together. Like, if you were to look at what we do on a day-to-day basis, it's, there's a, an incredible amount of overlap. We share employees. We share thoughts. We share, you know, we talk so many times a day sometimes, but still don't know what we're doing that night for dinner. So there's a lot of conversations that happen, but I think we saw pretty early on that our brands were very, very individualistic. Our wines are very stylistically very different. And even though we work together every day, day in and day out, especially when you moved into this building, we also realized that if we were going to have a relationship that was going to stay healthy, we had to have a little bit of separation of church and state. And so it was like, how do we balance that? Balance, like grow our brands, do the things that we love passionately, still be together, but also have a little, you know, not kill each other. Because you can't work together, sleep together, eat together, live together. I mean, there comes a point, right? Yeah. Um, Who's church, who's state? <laughs> hey, Jane. No comment. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we're going to go through a couple different wines here: sure. uh, Desperada and Herman Story. Valia, talk about the, the idea, the brand, the vibe behind Desperada. What you wanted to accomplish with that and communicate? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. It's, your brand is so expressive of who you are, and so that journey changes throughout your life, right? So having this brand, this was my tenth year anniversary last year. So it's taken a few years to actually 
kind of discover what this has become. Just like it's, you know, every decade you get a little bit more in tune with yourself. And so this has kind of honed itself in over the last 10 years. And um, it's the masculine and the feminine. It's the, it's the artistic meets the practical and the pragmatic. It's the kind of the, the path of my journey every year and wanting to grow something both from artistically and from a business standpoint and watching our employees and our crew and our staff grow as well as being open to trying new things. When is that kind of completion of feeling like, okay, this is what I wanted to put out there. This is what we got. This is like it in its full steam fruition. When does that kind of come? Does it come when the wine club starts growing? When when you got a tasting room? When you start really loving the wines? Is it going to change or something? It's totally changed every year. Like 10 years ago, I thought something different. And then two years after that, and then five years ago, and then this year, and like every year that's changed. Like those benchmarks have grown and have changed. And the things that I thought were important a decade ago are a lot, lot less important than I thought they were. And it just, it changes, yeah. you know? But most importantly is making something that I'm really proud of and then actually knowing what that is. You guys were appointment before this, weren't you? We were. We've been appointment over Intensity for two and a half years now. Yeah. So we were kind of used to this format a bit. Um, People love it. It's worked out really well for us. And, you know, that neighborhood has gotten so busy. So at first I thought, I was like, man, appointment only. It sounds so bougie. It sounds so snobby. But we just couldn't control the customer service aspect of that really well until we kind of dialed that appointment thing in. Um, so this has worked really well for us. We've actually, um, we're doing appointments out on our deck now. We have two tables, so we're doing two appointments at a time. But, you know, this year is about flexibility. It's about supporting people that you love and just rolling with everything. I know. Yeah. I know. No it's, plan 2020. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. I saw somebody's uh, tweet at the end of 2019. And it was like, F you 2019, I'm ready for 2020. Like, no, you don't know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You're going or, in the wrong way. Or, you know, uh, you know, like everyone will like savor a bottle of uh, champagne in yeah. the years. While they were doing this, like, I don't know, it's like a, what do you call it, like four bottles of wine. It was huge, like six liter bottle, right? Oh, yeah, bomb. Yeah, right. right. And um, they're doing, doing this at the French Laundry. And you'd think these guys have done this before. They're all in suits. They're all hoity-toity. I mean, can you imagine what the tasting menu New Year's Eve costs at the French Laundry? Yeah. They're savoring one of these six liters, and it, like, it doesn't work. It chips. And then the guy's literally just going down like he's hacking it, like he's Freddy or something. And then, of course, the whole thing explodes. And I'm like, if anything was so illustrative of the way 2020 would be, it was the French laundry new year's eve <laughs> yeah it's been a weird year it's been a weird year it has what about you russell when this came what did you want your employees to know what did you want fans of your wine to know well it, it was uh, a crazy time for our business it, you know i've i uh, it was just kind of when we were getting the business to where you know it's not a five year when i when i started people were saying it's seven years ten years five years even that people were saying no it's it, it's a long time to kind of get up and and start skiing uh behind the boat and not dragging and so i think we were just about there and then the covid was like oh man and we were really looking forward to 2020 because 18 19 20 well 18 and 19 at that point we knew were great vintages and now 20s 20s decent vintage and so it hit us hard. We had to adapt, and uh, we started just thinking every day about a n- different business model. Everything was changing. You know, we had the lockdown. Okay, then is. they open up. Open up. Yeah. Then we have to go outside. Then we have. To, and it's like then we can have. We never have had inside. So luckily, we have a little patio space here. Luckily, a crew's been very healthy. 
you know, I had a I had the common cold during a few months or a few a month ago maybe, and I went in and I was negative and I was like, man, the common cold still exists. So, yeah, right, sure, right, right. Because <laughs> yeah, everyone, was, that was everyone you start thinking feels like, something. As like, oh, soon no. as I didn't feel good, I just went home, and you just have to be conscious of it. At the same time, the other thing is, I think Mother Nature doesn't doesn't give a damn about COVID. All the things in the vineyard still have to happen. The wines still have to be tended for. And um, with the tasting room gone, the spirit in the winery, and we love, the crew loves when the tasting room's busy, when there's people here and the energy's great. It just thrives and it makes the wines better. And for three, three four months, we didn't have anybody here. It was, and we still had to do our job with enthusiasm and, and all the different changes and having a few people gone. And then we brought everybody back and hired a few now and, but, but it made everybody tighter, too. Like, I think did, during that yeah. time, it was kind of reminiscent of, like, when we first moved in here for right. Herman's Story in 2011, and it was it was pretty quiet, you know, and there was just a right. few of us, and it was, it was... And we have his and her wineries and a five-year-old, too, so um, we were traveling more and more. That's just the way it goes in this business, uh, the, and you think, oh, I, I, uh, my brand is bigger, and it's more established, and we have more customers than ever, and then... What what comes with that is a lot of travel and, and having a, having what uh, his and her winers and the five year old and all that. It's the the COVID has kept us at home and kind of I've enjoyed that time very much. Uh, I don't. My wife is probably not. But, <laughs> but uh, well, another thing that twenty twenty threw you know, into your like peripheral wrestle. You get some fruit sometimes outside of the area. Is the fires? How did those affect some of the fruit that you would pull in? We don't have any smoke taint in any of the wines that we made from twenty twenty. There was a, there was you know first sadness for all that. You feel bad. You know people up there. And you feel kind of that weird feeling of, oh, wow, nothing's ha- really happened here. And then we had the Dolan fire, and that came down. But that was a high-level smoke. And then we started having reports of smoke. They do these micro-fermentations where they did the... Because you don't really see the smoke until after the alcohol fermentation. That's what they what the scientists say and all that. And I didn't smell or taste any smoke. Um, but it's all threshold. And... It could still be there once the fermentations are complete, but I, I would say if we were going to smell it, we'd smell it now, which we're really lucky that that didn't happen. And it was weird. Some vineyards were saying, hey, if you don't want the grapes, I know a lot of vineyards got left in the dust from big contracts. Uh, we just kept, we said, well, we're too far into it. We've been dropping crop. We've been manicuring this stuff like, like a bonsai tree for six months. We can't stop now. We need to take it. And luckily, uh, so far, we've been in good uh, shape. But, good to hear. Good uh, to hear. We got this Sauvignon Blanc in the glass. Uh, Russell, I just saw you poured some a little bit ago. How do you describe Valia's wine to people? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I kind of say that sometimes winemaker looks like their wine, like a dog looks like their, their winemaker. Yeah. And I say, <laughs> if you look at me, you could tell my wine's probably a little rustic, a little hedonistic, a little wild, uh, full-bodied. And uh, <laughs> and my wife's are elegant and very structured and well balanced, silky, sexy. How do you I, describe Russell's wines? Exactly like he just described. It's them. pretty perfect, yeah. isn't it? It's like balls to the wall, like pushing the envelope of craziness, but just like, but then puts the brakes on right at the end. But then really like him is like you. you tear away the big burly thing and there's this really 
there's the soft underbelly, right? Like mm-hmm. they're very, they're very well made. They're very balanced. They're very for being as big and as kind of hedonistic as they are. They are, um, they're they're gorgeous and they're pleasurable. Yeah, they are, and, and they're, as is he. And they, yeah, that's I mean, perfect. Not like a kinky sure, way, but no, I mean, no, I'm like, sure. He's exactly. a fun, he's a I can only guy. imagine. Oh, We're out of here. This interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and that's one thing we hear when we talk about. The Herman Story wines, yeah, they're big, but they're very balanced. Paso restraint. Paso never struggles to achieve that ripeness, right? Mm-hmm. But when you can kind of dial it in and get it all just like, mm, and your wines seem to do that. What is the secret? What is the kind of your touch on things that, that brings it all together, like she says, at the breaks at the very end? You get everything to the optimal ripeness without going over the precipice, so without going over the top. and. You know, you can fix going over the top. You can adjust that. But I think we have a little advantage of the fact that we're spread out in different uh, uh, areas. We're getting stuff from a cool climate. We're getting stuff from the warm climate. We need acid. We find that places. We do have our own estate. Mm -hmm. But there's very few advantages to doing the the wine like we do, buying fruit from different places, because you you don't own that land, and you try, you fight uh, with the owners and the the vineyard managers to try to get it the way you want to. It's not a fight. It's a hopefully a a dance. (laughs) And you know, there's there's benefits to both. You know, to buying fruit and to owning your estate. And I, I like the fact that we have both of those options. What are some like tenants that you guys have as far as the character within the cellar? Because one thing you guys both do very well is um, morale and hospitality. And these are things that I think really come from inside. I'm not sure they can be taught or even learned too much. But some of the ideas of, of the character within the cellar and those tenants that really make your brand strong. Talk about that a minute. It's a big question, big answer. Number one, I think that you find great people. A lot of our people come from not from other industries or from other. We find them in life, and or they find us. It's just kind of really weird. A lot of people that we've just have there's people coming. There's a lot of serendipitous yeah. coming together's of peoples. And you, the other thing is, you know, we really realize how great a life we have we we i always tell people we retired and i got a job at a winery um and that that we have achieved by you know what it was 10 years ago we start i i also say i have a lot of old old man quotes but i said uh, i i got a taste for uh for hiring people right when i moved into this place because uh when I had had Barrel 27, and I had been to other places, and then when I moved into here, it was just Herman's story. I said, I need to step up to the next level, and really, I'm going to really, really go for it. And uh, I started hiring people, and people asked me about stuff like that, and, and I'd say, uh, if I ever wrote a book, I would also say that there's no free lunch except at Herman's story. Every single day since we've been in this building for 10 years, the entire crew, we eat together and we have lunch together and we get to talk about other things than work. And and I think that's one big secret if other wineries are listening and then just not taking yourself um not 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 taking not thinking that you're too big i we scrub toilets my wife and i have clean restrooms with clean bathrooms we do it all and we don't think we're we're any bigger than anybody else here and that's big and just the respect that they have and the care they have everyone cares when uh, when we care i think and we love it uh, yeah. Doing what we're doing. Yeah, I think too. Like, and him and I have talked about this numerous times. Where, you know, the 
the opportunities that we had first starting out maybe weren't kind of this clear cut. Like I, maybe I didn't work for somebody and they, you know, they let me do something. It was more just like, we got all these legs up all the time. And, um, and whether that's because you're a good person and you put it out there and you get it back, whether it's karmically speaking or whether it's just an opportunity within this business, like there've been a lot of people throughout both of our careers that really helped us out. Um, whether they knew it or not. And so it, it wasn't even like a, a conscious decision. I, I don't right. think it was more just like, oh, you want to make wine? Like, oh, you want to you buy a house? Or you want to do a thing? Like, well, how can we help you? Because without everybody that works with us, we wouldn't exist. These brands wouldn't exist. We'd exist. But like the brands wouldn't be that where they are without everybody here. And so that's a really important thing to remember that when someone's striving towards a different goal or a different dream, like we can all help to make that happen. One of the cool things that we've talked about on this podcast a lot is the, the quality of the people and how the people, you know, the, there's terroir of the, the time and place and the, the soil and all that, right? But the people are some of the biggest piece of this pie of what oh, makes yeah. Paso so special. I remember I had you on my show, Velia, and you're like, we want to make wine? You can do it at my place. And you literally, that was not bullshit. You literally let me make a barrel of wine and all of the pain in the ass really fun. That, that was probably that I was to you. You totally let it happen with a huge smile on your face. And I mean, now Did we you have- hand de-stem? Was that- did you? They, yeah. they hand oh, sorted yeah, they out hand of a bin. Wow. Yeah. Uh huh. Into another bin. I was. Right. I even got. I even all got, day. I even got my first yellow jackets <laughs> thing. I, I became oh, legit, yeah. legit winemaker at that point. Yeah. yeah him and Audrey were there drink, doing shots and doing yeah, all day. It was so much fun. And then yeah. we're watching you go throughout and asking you all these silly questions. And I mean, uh, now we we have twenty two cases with a barrel of wine. Yeah. To to label yeah. still, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're so excited about it, and it was so neat. And you literally let someone's little mini dream happened I mean, that's I, mean, I don't know i just felt when you were just talking about that and i'm literally thinking oh my god you literally did that for me really really and cool even if you don't ever do anything with that it's still like it's still a dreamer it's still a thought or it's still whatever you and, know like you know i still have dreams of seeing it on the epic, on the uh, like uh, ember wine list or something i gotta figure <laughs> i have big dreams for hey. the montito hey montito ah. is not montito's just getting started yeah <laughs> the montito montito Remember, it was the Peak Pool Blanc yep, from, Halter Ranch. from Halter Ranch with a little bit of skin contact. Life is short, and uh, I've been in it 20 years. It seems like yesterday when I started. Uh, I started down in uh, Santa Maria where the Miller family that owns Viennesito and French Camp, they allowed me to make five barrels in the back, and now it's my livelihood. And I have all these other people, and now I'm a big, big customer there. So is Valia. And before you know it, uh, you're five ten years down the road and if you can help like i remember when cameron was an intern he he was just uh working on the weekend his girlfriend worked at pete's and now it's crazy now Now he's he's got got his own brand he's thriving it's so damn good for 10 almost 10 years yeah he has lost blues and you see this Uh and uh it's really it's 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 great, and it's it's. Is it a little moving? Great. Is it and kind they, of emotional to see these people? They also work their heart and it's, souls off for us, yeah. and also do that. Like, there's enough room for all those things, and like that's a really, it's very symbiotic, you know. Right. And that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm not just doing them a favor, or vice versa. When We're we, working yeah. together, and that's yeah, really that's cool. a cool way to look at it. Because I know some folks who, you know, they're trying to mind their bottom line. They maybe have a really talented winemaker and assistant winemaker who probably has aspirations to do what like literally hey, each have probably three or four guys or gals doing at your places right. and they're, they're a little nervous about it because they don't want it to compete they don't and right. they don't let that that 
that kind of heart flourish. Right. But look what happens when you can, I, when you do. I think from the economic standpoint, I think it probably has sold us more wine than it has uh, cost us in totally. lost sales or whatever. Right, right, so right. many oh. of our customers think that it's just the greatest thing that we allow them to do that. And then they end up being more of a, a closer-knit customer with us and they they'll often say oh this is i'm buying wine from you guys and from all your different things and we have a lot of people that just they stick very close to the family from desperado to, to a lost blues to ultimately a saint yeah. all of them and so it's like uh it's it is cool it's really cool to see and it, and it it's really cool there are not many times that i cry as a person especially as a business owner but uh, though that will bring me to tears through the years. And you too. Just yeah. like being super awesome. proud of Let's what, move on to weather to now. I'm going to start getting <laughs> teared up. Stop. No, that's, All right. it's, it's badass. Next that's question. really cool. It's uh, uh, RPF, Valia. We have Desperada. We have Herman Story Wines. Okay, so uh, explain this one a little bit. Casual Encounters. This is always a fun one from you. All right. So Casual Encounters is the old uh, Tinder back in the day when I was young. <laughs> And catting around, you know, just deep buried there in Craigslist. Right. Um, but uh, it's somewhat inspired by that, but it was also inspired by the fact that back in 2007 when we made this wine the first time, I had Syrah, Grenache, and Morvedra at the winery at the same time, and I could have made them all separate and known what I had, and I only had about seven different lots at that time. So it wasn't like I had a lot to... Uh, I could have used all, a lot more in the spice rack. Instead, I just went for broke and blended, blended them all, co-fermented them. So these are all little co-ferments that we do. And then we take all those little bits and pieces, and then we blend them as long as they're good, and most of them are good now with, with doing higher-end fruit and doing all the work we're doing in the vineyard. So most stuff makes the cut. And then we take that and we blend it all and put it into this wine. And it really is, uh, it's like a, a big bowl of braised beef or braised anything. It's the braising. <laughs> the braising, that's what I, I describe this wine as the braising where they're cooking the meat and the vegetables and all these different things. They're infusing flavors into each other and you get a different profile of a wine. It's not like a, a varietal profile. It's more of a profile that you don't even... And the exciting thing is we have no idea what this wine's going to taste like when it goes in the bottle until we blend it two years after we put it into barrels. So it's pretty crazy. Before we get into the late bloomer, I kind of want to talk about, you know, when, say, XYZ Winery sends, uh, you know, their releases out or maybe there's a calendar with 12 beautiful pictures of the vineyards throughout the, the year or whatever you're sending out beer koozies and yes. these crazy pictures hot sauce. yeah hot sauce right um what are some, where are some of these ideas coming from and it's really kind of a cool way that i think also another another way people your fans love to connect with the wine oh yeah uh we it's it's weird and wild mind of mine and and uh, Cameron and Jillian, they, they, who help us with a lot of our graphics and, and uh, a lot of, you know, I say the great ideas are like finding love. You never know when you're going to think of them. You'll be at the campfire camping with my wife in December and I'll think of a great label name or a great something or whatever. Do you write it down right then? Uh, I usually text, text it or Cameron. you text Cameron text or email it. Yeah. He and then somebody. I wake. <laughs> then, then, or else you forget it. Usually, right? on the real good ones, once I sober up in the morning, I call him and I go, "What the f- was I?" Th- yeah, you're good. <laughs> Edit. Uh, <laughs> boop, boop. Uh, well, <laughs> 
And then uh, sometimes when we put them all on a board, it's funny, Cameron collects them all. And then one time <laughs> he w- we were going through them and like one idea was on there like three times. So I was like, well, that's a real, that must be a real, it's either a real a good, good idea. idea or we were thinking of dumb ideas. Yeah. Off of. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's funny. I'm uh, my beard and my hair right now, I'm actually growing out for our spring insert. And so really? What are you doing? Well, Can you give us a little bit of a, put a little, let's, let's a little tease. Uh, Nothing? I don't little, think you're going to blow it. Yeah. You can't, you can't give a, why don't you give a little hint? He was married no. to re- He's married to re- that's just that's right. not even a hint. That's just a full on like God, he also can't keep a surprise. Okay, so like, she would want me to edit that out. Secret Santa, yeah, nothing. Yeah, like he's, he's I already know it's exactly. Okay, so I'm gonna so, edit yeah, that he's, out. He's, he's I'm gonna bleep that out because that one, you, you basically just said it. He <laughs> There's nobody else that's married to her. He cannot um, keep he a secret. Cannot <laughs> keep a secret. That's Don't tell him secrets. But yeah, you know this was and this is an idea that you know between him and Jillian and Cam and Chris. Uh, they came up with like a number of months ago, and you know it's right. uh, <laughs> it's gonna be great. But um, late bloomer, this was fun because this literally is it always one of your wine club members? Or it's always a wine club member? It's always some um, completely awkward school picture from like junior high. It's yeah. genius. We've had a couple actually. They when when we they send their picture and we wait a couple because we have a huge we have a lot we have twenty years of late bloomer. If we could stop now and we would. We would start to run out of year about eighteen. We'd run out of bad ones. Eighteen years from now, but what is the we, protocol for choosing them? It's got to be tough. It's you know you get certain points, and we vote. So it's not we vote on a lot of things here. Wine quality when we do what blends we do cat dog, uh, sheep goat, and you pick which one you like the best. Uh, and everybody tastes as many palettes as we can have on it, and many eyes we can have on the on the marketing as well. Uh, so we do do a vote, and we take the three worst. And then sometimes we go back if we run out. Worst or we for go, the, not for the wine, but for right, the Right, worst for the person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you know. And also, I was the first one in 2010. So sometimes we've had people go, oh, that's awful. Why would you do that? And I say, hey, I did it to myself, and they're volunteering. Yeah. So they, also have to be, uh, they also have to have come... Um, they have to have bloomed. They have to have bloomed because you can't just have started off one way and then right. still, or oftentimes what happens, like we've gotten probably thousands of submissions, but oftentimes people are just too cute, but they think, you all think, we all think we're hideous. And then you look back face. and you're like, you're adorable. Still no head Yeah. So it's yeah. really got to be an awkward picture. It's got to be like just on the, again, talking about like precipice and like, you know, pushing the envelope. Right. It has to be just ugly enough to make you a little uncomfortable, but not to make you cringe and not want to drink it. Yeah. So they're always like right on the cusp. Yeah. And we That's also always ask Remember the school, for We had one that looked like a school shooter. Looked like a school shooter. We were like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. But we also have to see the current so picture just to make sure they actually bloom. That's a good point. Like, we got to see that they've come somewhere. They've kind of come around a yes. little bit. Yeah. You know, your winemaking, Valia, is so awesome. It's so interesting and it's so totally unique to this. You have amphoras over there. You have these vessels that you play with that are so interesting and that you, you get so much kind of character from the wine. Talk about some of the vessels that you use over there and some of the really unique wine making things you're doing at Desperado that really set yourself apart. Yeah, so we, we do use a lot of clay amphora that we import from Italy. Um, I have one concrete tank, one uh, that my husband bought me a few years ago. Most people, you know, my husband called and goes, hey, I got you a present. And I was like, better not be jewelry. Yeah. I was like, it's a tank. I was like, yeah. that's great. 
great. What are the odds? Um, you know, we use a lot of barrels, uh, a lot of acacia, which is a, a different type of wood, but offers and uh, exhibits uh, something really unique into the white wines. We use a lot of uh, cigar barrels, which are French oak, but a very different shape. And, and between all those things, we're kind of piecing together something that is a little bit more unique. And, you know, at the end of the day, and we've, I've said this many times, but like, you know, wine is not, um, wine's going to make itself with or without you. Our job is to kind of shepherd it into something That's that good. you want it to be. And so I, I don't need to be here for this process. The only thing that I can contribute is to create something that is uh, different and unique. And so that's kind of what we, I strive to do. And whether that's through fermentation techniques and vessels and aging and I don't know, whatever. You're, trying to, you're always trying to set yourself apart and find a niche. You have varieties that you like. Obviously, cab you're into. Yep. You know, so Sauvignon, the first one that we tasted, which Love um, you know, I'm not, I'm not usually a big one to plug, but uh, we just made Robert Parker's Advocate Top 100 wines not to miss. Oh my new, gosh! New discoveries of course. That just came out today, and that was pretty exciting. And you make a few low, different Sauvignons, right? Yeah, so we do about six to eight different Sauvignons every year. Fragment is our biggest production, and usually our one distribution wine. But you know, it's kind of the the piecing together of multiple vineyards and vessels, and then we do about. I would say five to eight or nine different Sauvignons that are single vineyard and single vessel. So this is a blend of five different vineyards and different vessels. But um, yeah, so Sauvignons, I do a little bit of Chardonnay, literally just a couple barrels because I just really like it. And I like the way uh, Bienestito is just a beautiful I love your Chardonnay. For Chardonnay. Yeah. And, uh, it's 100% brand new French oak. And I just, I like to drink it. I make it because I like to drink it. Mm-hmm. And then we always do an experimental white every year. One year we did Peak Pool, um, done Shannon a couple times, cool. done, um, Grenache Blanc. We're doing Fiano and Falangina this year. Fun. Um, and so those are really fun. And then the other half of our production is, is red, and it's mostly Cab, it's mostly Bordeaux varietals. And then we do some Italians in there because, you know, because they're fun and I like to drink them. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything that we make is things that I want to drink and things that are hopefully a little bit unique and different than what other people are making because, you know... There's a lot of wines out there. And in 2020, in addition to Desperado, we debuted Dressmaker. Mm. Yeah, so that, uh, whew, can't wait for that project to be done. Really? No, 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 I love it. That is, a, that is a passion project, and I love it. It's so much work. But Was it, did you bite off more than you could chew? Uh, no, no, no. It just takes an incredible amount of attention every year. So I came up with the idea in 12 because I was thinking about Sherry's and kind of the whole Solaris-style system of wine. Um, so in 13, I started taking fractional parts of Cab every year. So the first release was 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And it was the same quantity blended after secondary fermentation every year, put into a tank, homogenized, and put back into a new barrel every other year. So that eventually we had these four big 600-liter pungens of six different vintages of wine. Wow. And then from there, we started bottling out uh, you know, about 30 to 40 cases worth and then adding in the new vintage once it was complete. So we have our third vintage going in, or our third version. We call them versions because it's a multi-vintage. Right. Um, and they kind of follow the cycle of the moon. So we're going to do eight releases following the full eight cycles of the moon. And um, by the time it's done, we'll have, I think, 13 vintages in it. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of work. To, it's, a, it's a lot of work. That's to what To keep it then. safe. Yeah. Yeah, to keep it safe, to keep it sound, to keep it, you know, tasting amazing. And is this wine that will offer consistency as far as in taste or will it, will you get to follow this journey? Almost like, you know, before yep. we started, you, you like a beautiful psalm at Tableside, you served me a luponic distortion mm. and you presented it so beautifully. Um, like this one is kind of changing the hops every time and it's got its yeah. own evolution. Is that what we're going to see with this? Yeah, it's, it definitely changed a little bit and you wouldn't, you know, it's a, uh, 
that's the reason that I, I'm so enamored by it too is because every time I open a bottle, it is dynamic. It changes. Like you can taste the old, the elegant, the mature, the bouquet, and then you can also taste the young and vibrant and fresh and electric. And it, you, you can taste all that with every single sip and as the bottle develops and then with every single release. And we're also, because you're putting in a new vintage and we're changing the wood every year, it changes every year. But, it, it, but still at its core, it's 100% Cabernet. And it's from our best barrels and best vineyards every year. And so it's, uh, it's always going to be really good. That but is it's so really cool. Unique. It's so really unique. Why, yeah. um, why did you think I want to do this? What can you do that's different? What, yeah. What's going to be like exciting and kind of... And you know, that first year that I... That, the first year I did it, I, I called one of our Coopers and I said, what's the, what's the coolest barrel that nobody's bought? And he's like, well, I could do this 600 liter thick stave, could, you know, this type of forest, whatever. And I was like, cool. And then my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, found out I was getting one and was like, she's not going to have the biggest barrel in the house. And he bought a... Another 600-liter barrel, and so that was a joke for many years. Yeah. I was like, you asshole. No. <laughs> I, I'm not like that anymore. He's not like that anymore. No, we're, He's not a, we're, you're, we are you're not far a one less competitive than we originally were, for sure. I love um, going over and, and tasting her stuff. I've, I've, gotten, too, I've yeah. gotten old and... We're I much more old. supportive, yeah. and uh, not that we were ever not, but like, you know, there was definitely um, not a competitiveness, but, you know, you're kind of... You're just figuring out your place in the scheme of things, especially for me being like a newer brand when we first met. You know, he had already been around since, you know, 01 was his first vintage. And when I met him in 09, you know, he already had a lot of weight under his belt. Into 2021, what are we looking at? What are we hoping to do? Maybe are we hoping to evolve a little bit? Does it look hopeful? Is a brand like yours just going like, let's just be thankful for whatever we can get away with that Daddy yeah. Newsom says is okay? Or how does it look? You know, I think like, like Russell said earlier, you know, I think that we... Um, Thank goodness, or, you know, regardless of tasting being open and distribution and, like, no matter what's happening in the state of the world, the one thing that we've found out in the last number of months is people are still drinking. Uh, yeah. We certainly are. Um, our direct right. business, uh, we're, we're really, really grateful for because it's kept us and our crew afloat these number of months. And not just afloat, but thriving and kind of shooting towards what we can do that's better. And, um, you know, even with all the challenges of this year and this harvest, you know, we're, uh, there's a lot of... A lot of things to be optimistic for, a lot of silver linings, for sure. And, um, you know, forget planning. Right. Forget making a plan. So right now, it's day right. by day. It's, you know, we'll, we'll make the best plans that we can. And, you know, we're trying to do cool releases. And, you know, we're kind of doing some cool Zooms. And, you know, we're thinking ahead to the next bottling already. Harvest is almost over. But, I mean, that's kind of all we can think about because... We did, redid our roof up front on the thing, on the breezeway where we're yep. seated, store, seating, yeah. and then uh, we have heaters, but that's I'm like... I'm going to get a holiday wreath that's like finding, next week. Getting a, about that. That's fun. Yeah. Put up I some lo- Christmas lights. I mean, beyond that, it's like, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Tin City normally does this forklift parade. Can you do that this year? I don't know. I haven't heard one... I haven't heard a yeah. about it, uh, so I'm thinking probably not, but... Um, What's it like in Tin City? We did a show. We've done a couple shows with people in there. I mean, it's an incredible it a place. Shit show right yeah. now. It is packed every weekend. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy and um, in, a, in an amazing way. Like you know, when things were when we were really quiet, uh, we were doing like Friday drive-throughs that our, you know our friends Alexis and Barrel House kind of started, and then all of us wineries jumped on board, kept us busy through those those lean months, and then we all opened back up, and it is just it is crazy every weekend. 
which is great. You know, everyone's respecting the outside tasting thing. There's a lot of opportunity for that there. And, um, you know, just knock on wood, it'll keep going as long as it goes. Has the crowd ever been a pain in the ass during harvest because you're trying to back up forklifts and do your thing? Did you... Did you, a little birdie tell you something? No, I swear, this is me just asking this. <laughs> Last Friday, some lovely woman in a very fancy black Tesla parked in front. We have a Tesla charger in front of our buildings. Yeah. And, uh, and so we offer charging for free. Well, she parked in front of all of our bins of fermenting fruit. And after about three hours, you know, I, I called CHP and they came out and we were walking around the neighborhood trying to get a hold of this oh, woman. And it man. was this kind of, but it turned into this really funny it was, you know, it, and the, all the guys at Weinstein, they had a bunch of people out drinking, and so they, it became like this show, and yeah. it was hysterical. So, yeah, things happen, but, uh, you know, it's... Well, how did that happens. end? Um, we, the CHP guy very nicely gave me her name, and so we went back out on the street. Instead of yelling Black Tesla, we started yelling her name, and she heard, and so she, you know, came back. She was very apologetic. She was very sweet. All's well that um, ends well. Wow. All's well that ends well. And so she moved that and uh, we moved our bins in and uh, it was like a three and a half hour oh my God. situation. But, you know, but my, cause my fear was like, what if she's over there drinking at Barrow house and she leaves her car overnight? Cause sometimes people oh, do that. Sure. Sure. Of course. So, um, but you know, but it for sure happens and it's not just me. It happens all over our neighborhood where people sometimes forget that this is a working winery, brewery, distilling neighborhood. Like we're all working. Like, these are all functioning. You mean, like, it's not uncommon for a forklift to just go right by you? Right. So, uh, and actually, our good buddy, Patrick at Weinshine, backed his forklift into a brand new taco the other day. And I was like, (laughs) oh, Oh, no. Really? Uh, But, you know, we have insurance. Yeah. And it's Patrick. He's the sweetest. No, I love my Penny got off. Yeah, I was just there a couple, like, a week ago. He was Penny. You know, the commercial where they, oh, first I burnt my hand, then I bumped my head, and I was like... It was a right. day, but you know, so yeah, sometimes things happen, but also, you know, that's also what contributes to it just being a really unique <laughs> Absolutely. neighborhood. I mean, you you, know? they did a movie about you guys. Shit, you need a reality show. Right. Uh, <laughs> right, right, documentary. Yeah. yeah it's uh, been a, and that's another thing too, is it went on, uh, I think it went on Amazon. It must've gone on Amazon prime. I think of the a movie number of months ago. Dean and yeah. Mandy's movie. Yeah. yeah. That was and, great uh, by the way. It was great. She didn't, <clears throat> she's amazing. Uh, she's such a big market talent here. Yes. Oh, and really if you really haven't seen, go, I think it's just called Tin City Film, right? It's Tin City, just Tin City documentary. Tin City, yeah. 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 So go check Tin it out. City. You're and in it. It's it awesome. Apple TV or something for mm-hmm. a bit, but I think it went free on Prime yeah. a number of months ago because all of a sudden, and I think that's been a, and you know, kudos to Dina because I think, like, I hear that, like, just kind of like buzz in the background all the time. And so I think that's been a huge um, help to our Push, neighborhood. Cool. Yeah, because people were like, Tinsley documentary, Tinsley documentary. So that's really that's neat. Been great. Yeah, it was really fun to watch too. I remember yeah, watching it on the on the big job. screen with the with like the right. debut that they we did. We were there too. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. at the Fremont. At Tin City. Yeah. Oh, at the Fremont too. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was part of the yeah. Film Fremont. Fest, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I missed Film Fest this year. <sighs> I miss. I miss live I miss, music I now. I know live yeah. music. It's the worst. Yeah. What is it um, you want to get back to most? Live music events for for me. Yeah. For live sure. music. Um, I, I want to so get back too. to traveling. Traveling. Yeah. Traveling. Like being able to fly away. Mm-hmm. You still fly away. Home. You can still fly away. Yeah, but some places are like you got to quarantine I mean, like across here. the ocean. Yes, like, you, you could. And do it yes. safely. And do it not have to worry about anything. You, you, correct. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, things that we kind of took for granted. Like, I'm just, we've always, I've always taken for granted moving freely about the world. Yeah. And, Great um, point. You know, and now we can't do that for yeah. a bit. And that's, you know, yeah. it's okay. 
Um, some cool aspects about Paso that you're excited about. This thing is Paso, this idea, this wine country, this place has grown so much. It's so exciting. It's because of two individual brands just like yours. What are you excited to see uh, change in Paso and kind of happen in the last several years? We'll kind of ask both of you guys. Yeah, I think the growth has been amazing, but there's still been a retention of um, that kind of small town vibe, supportiveness, the community that still exists. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. In fact, if it, I think if anything, especially right now, uh, I see that more than ever. And I, I think that's been really beautiful. You know, the restaurant scene has gotten with the Petit Canal and then, um, you know, the Hatch. I love the Hatch. Mm-hmm. Basil, basil always get, doesn't get enough love. I love. You that know place. what? I think right? they don't. They're underrated. Right. I love me a little basil. No cortile. Uh-huh. And all, uh, uh, I, and, I'm glad you give them a shout out. No one the does. People are really. It's 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 it's, it's really crazy. All the hotels are packed. All the the town is packed. Even through uh, and all slow the, too. Like and in the new hotels too. there and the new restaurants and, and there. People are are really doing more local stuff. They're kind of being forced to now. With now, like, if you can't leave California, overall, the energy and then and the small town kind of, you're, you know, a lot of people come here and taste, and I'm in the tasting room, or I'm in the back, or I'm, uh, I'm uh, very, uh, I'm here, and, and uh, it, that, that whole vibe, we got to keep that going. It's got to be special when yeah. someone comes, one of your fans comes to either of your places, and they get a chance to, oh my gosh, here's value, like, here's Russell, wow, that's... Right, right. It, it, and then you're taking time really with them. Cool. You know, yeah. you and especially this year, like we are, we're not traveling. We're not doing all those events that we typically do out of town. Like we've been, we're here. We've been yeah. here working harder than ever this year. So yeah. that's, and that's yeah, been I'll, great for me too. To, I, I've enjoyed that. Like yeah. seeing I'll the people talk. that, yeah, yeah. you know, are Plans here. for the holidays? Chilling. Yeah, me too. Chilling. Staying close to home. Chilling home. Yeah, Thanksgiving, same. Yeah, I have chill, a Zoom. Chill. I have a few Zooms. I have a lot of Zooms this week. You like doing the Zooms? I, you know, I, I you feel don't, that you translate and you come across. As I a, like the Zooms. You know, because yeah, that's cool. Sometimes I'll be stuck in a wine shop in uh, the back of some in in uh, you know Wisconsin in some little wine shop, and I have two people I'm talking to, and I flew all the way there, and I spent a night in a hotel, and went with my distributor, and did this tasting, and there's two people there, and I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? I could be home. Yeah, yeah exactly. And with the Zoom, I can contact, I can connect with so many different people, in, and then I, I am done with the Zoom, and I get up, and I'm in my living room, and I can sleep at my house and put my kid to bed, and I love the Zoom. I Honest think. percentage of time, you don't wear pants. <laughs> he's worn pants every time. Really? Yeah, he's never done it naked. No, I, not even know, naked. Just because like pantsless. Or just that's like, why I have long tablecloth right now. I used to, <laughs> I'm not wearing pants right you now. Wanna, you want to say you have that you have? Uh, no, it's so funny. I've worn pants every time. Are you wear you, pants every time? Yeah. Are you, are you Valia Jean? <laughs> what is something that Russell's anal about, either in the winery or at home? Uh, he's clean kitchen. Yeah, clean kitchen at either either place, whether it's at home or his facility or my facility. Like, if you want to impress this guy, you clean the kitchen. Whether you work for him or you work with him, you're married to him, whatever. Like, and he doesn't like leaving the house with a dirty kitchen. Like, kitchen is clean always. 
Who's doing dishes? Maybe have a dishwasher. Always. Yeah. I'm he the does all the, guy. He does all the cooking. He does all the grocery shopping. He does all the kitchen cleaning. One thing I noticed, uh, it was great. I mean, you like eagle-eyed in on, we're in the middle of your barrel room. We're surrounded 360 degrees by barrels five high. It's really cool. So, like we'll seem to be in here kind of hugged by these barrels right now. And your eagle-eye zeroed in on one brown rack. These racks are what holds all the barrels. It, yeah. And they're like, all black in here. It's very dark coffee Brown. It's almost it was black, one of my used racks right. from 2009. Right. It bothered you that he hates it. it. I, 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 how did it even make it through customs? <laughs> Seriously, I have 400 racks in here, and they are all black. And we, the, the, That's true. It, That's so it's, weird. It's the brown sheep of the family. <laughs> hey oh, he'll be here all week. All week. Uh, something about uh, maybe something about anal. Is something anal. Whoa! <laughs> something anal. Can you edit, you're as gonna have to edit that. Can, you know, I'm married. You're gonna have to edit that. No, you don't. <laughs> any, any kind of like uh, anal retentiveness. Can you get a commitment uh, on radio? Yeah. <laughs> Recorded. Stop. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. That's off. Take that out. <laughs> We love each other. We are very much. Nice. He's trying to ask you. What's the you got to answer it now. Any some sort of like anal retentive aspects that uh, Valia has, either in the cellar, making wine, or at home. Whoo! Um, wow, that's a tough question. My, my, she is. She. Uh, I don't know, man. What would I? Uh, she. And if there's nothing, you don't have to make. You, you don't have to, to, have to come it. up with one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, she, yeah, maybe oh, there's just not. Are you pretty? Are you that easy going? You are pretty easy going. She, I think I'm pretty easygoing. She, yeah, she takes care I'm of not. more things than you. I her efficiency is unbelievable. It's almost like stand back and just and and I try to keep up with like you know why I have a clean kitchen because I I'm trying to keep up with this lady here. Mm-hmm. She she runs. She's an excellent mother. She keeps the home amazing. She has so there's so many things in our lives that. That through both wineries and commitments that we make and social things and all the time and, and keeping up with compliance and keeping up with all the things that are the toughest part of running a business. She's on top of it all. And uh, I don't really, she's powerful, powerful. I said it earlier and she's just a powerhouse. And I, I try to do as much as I can to, to, to keep up. I love how you say that. And it's fun to love and admire a woman who makes you strive to keep up. Right. You know, I remember right. when I first met uh, my sweetheart, I remember one of the first things somebody, a friend of mine said, was that it sounds like you found someone who can keep up with you. Right. And what was so great about that is that she had just said to me, uh, it's great that I finally found someone that can keep up with me. <laughs> I thought that's so perfect. And that's the way, exactly the way I look at it. You know what yes, I mean? Yeah. But um, it's, 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 a cool, it's a cool combo. Hey, did you guys have fun doing this? Yes. Always with you, man. It's always it's absolutely podcast. Yes. Yeah, like to get to talk to um, everybody. You right. get to talk. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to people that I don't normally get to talk to. Yeah. And I'm also having this, like you said, we never sit down and do this together. Mm-hmm. And like to kind of have this opportunity to talk to the people that you talk to and the people that he talks to, like... It's great. It's super fun. It's great. We don't talk about and a lot PRWCA, of... And yeah. plug for them. Like, yeah, sorry, Paso Wine. These guys have... Talk about adaptation this year, too, because everyone's had to yes. adapt. Everybody has had to adapt this year. And if you haven't, then you're struggling. But if you can adapt and get flexible and, you know, everyone's trying to figure out, all right, how can we, how can we stay relevant? How can we do this thing? 
and they've done a great job this year in just really adapting and doing the Zooms and doing all the different, starting yeah, this podcast. I, I, I know. Just, I'm really impressed by them and yeah. the team that Joel has and that whole thing is, they've, they've killed it. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah, gave That's them a shout out. Oh, I'm glad that, sure. they, that they thought outside the box enough. Joel and I were like World of Pino. It was in March and this was just the conversation. If you remember late February, early March, yeah. COVID was a thing, but we didn't know it was going to be the thing. You know what right. I mean? And to think like outside the box and to, to partner up with Paso Wine to do this is like, I just feel so lucky and to sit across the table from the two of you like this, like, oh, it's just so much fun. And Last I just think so much of you guys. Last time table was when we were at Ember. That's right, with we one of our Jordan wine dinners. and Sonia and us three ladies and... Cork right. wine dinner. And Jeremy and... Oh, so, so fun. I know. Seems like a decade ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, literally seems like yeah. so long ago. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I know that you know time is precious. Yeah. Both of you guys are powerhouses apart, not just to mention getting you guys together in the same room. I love the, the smell and the scene and the temperature of a room like this. Like I could be in here forever. It just I feel so lucky to be here with you guys. So thank you. Thank you for the new Carhartt, Valia. I got the new Desperata Carhartt on. It looks really good on you. And you guys have matchy match. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for sharing where wine takes you. Cheers. So give me that time. We'll get by. We pass on around till the job is Camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. A sincere thanks to both Valia and Russell for the awesome conversation, both on and off the air. I mean, these guys are so much fun. I love those guys. And it just takes really tasting once, seeing their vibes, meeting their people, and then trying their wines. And try all of their the people that they were mentioning. Try all those wines. St. K. Look up Lost Blues. Uh, Ultima Thule. Oh, check out all those stories, too. For more on Russell's wines, though, you can visit HermanStoryWines.com. Or check out Valia. Go to Desperata. D-E-S-P. P-A-R-A-D-A, Desperata.com. Well, thank you again for hanging out. These have been a lot of fun. And we have some more really exciting chats coming your way. Please share the podcast. Tell a friend. And if you can please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, it helps a ton with momentum of the show. And if you give a five-star review and want to ask a question, I'd love to connect with you that way as well. Got a great comment here from Three Frenches. Thanks for the kind words, Three Frenches. And the question here, hey, Adam, while the show is about wine, do you think Firestone Walker's popularity has helped bring hardcore beer drinkers to Paso to discover wine? You know, uh, Three Frenches, can I call you three? That is a great question. And we have talked about this before. There is no doubt that people who have been diehard into beer and love what Firestone Walker is doing, they are making their own name for Paso all around the world as well. And also, I think there's been a lot of people with the craft movement who maybe who love wine, didn't love beer before, are getting into that as well. I remember a great conversation I had with Matt Brindelson. He's the brewmaster for Firestone Walker. And I asked him what it was like to be a brewmaster in wine country. And if that shaped the way he thought about making his beers. And he emphatically said yes, without a doubt. So three Frenches, that is a fantastic question. And thank you for listening to the podcast, the five-star review, and uh, leaving some great comments. Really appreciate it. So again, rate, review, subscribe, and we will keep this train moving. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Next time you're making a trip to Paso, it's essential. You visit PasoWine.com. Great resource to maximize your trip. Again, that's PasoWine.com. 
The music you hear is performed by Moonshiner Collective, and you can find them on Spotify or wherever you get your music, or check them out, moonshinercollective.com. Where Wine Takes You is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Next time you're hanging out on the Central Coast, you can check me out on your radio. My morning show, weekday mornings, is called Up and Adam in the Morning. It's on Coast 104.5, and the wine stuff you can hear on The Crush 92.5. Get on out here to Paso Wine Country. Discover a story all your own and see where wine takes you. Cheers. And give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass all around till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify, good come. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass all around till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify, good come. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass all around till the job is out in the trees, you will simplify in good company. When that moonshine will get by, we pass all around till the job is dry. Camped out in the trees, you will simplify in good company.